Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here today on the Locked On Nationals podcast brought to you by rockauto.com. Go to rockauto.com for the best prices and parts on your car or truck. On the show today, it is our postseason position breakdown for center field. Connor Jones joins me for that. We also break down the news that Jim Hickey has been signed as the Nationals' new pitching coach. Part of Davey Martinez's staff, Martinez worked with him before, and so we'll break down that decision and talk about really the pressures that come with being the Nationals' pitching coach in the year 2021. So we'll talk about center field, and we'll talk about the new pitching coach here on the Locked On Nationals podcast. You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Locked on Nationals podcast tonight. Joining me is Connor Jones here on this Monday. Uh, a couple of things to get to. First, we're going to talk about the Nationals hiring a pitching coach. And I said a couple of days ago, uh, last week, actually, that I thought the Nationals were probably going to get somebody, Connor, that that uh, had, you know, had coached previously with Davey Martinez. They did do just that. They end up getting uh, Jim Hickey, who has been all over the I mean, Major League Baseball. He has been there for 38 seasons. Uh, this is going to be his 38th season in pro baseball. Last two seasons, he's been a special assistant um, with the Dodgers for player development. Um, and also he's got 15 years as a pitching coach as well. So somebody who is with the Rays that worked with Davey Martinez. And I, I think that's probably smart, you know, bringing somebody you trust. And look, you and I have talked at, you know, at length about the coaching changes and this was inevitable, right? I mean, if it was going to be one of Martinez's guys and you figured it was going to be somebody that he'd worked with in the past. Yeah, if you're going to make a change, you think you're going to go to somebody that David Martinez has experience with, especially when you're getting rid of a guy like Paul Menhart that's been with the organization for a long time and not only been with the organization, but won a World Series as the pitching coach in his, in his first partial year with the team. So it's kind of a tough break for Menhart losing his job as the pitching coach there because you, you do think that he's done a really positive job overall. But you also, on the other hand, understand that Martinez wants an opportunity to kind of hire his own coaches. You know, every manager wants that opportunity, especially if they're going to be with an organization for the long haul. So Jim Hickey makes perfect sense if you're going to move on from Menhart and, and find somebody that Martinez is comfortable with and also a guy that's had a lot of previous success at the major league level. Yeah, and the one thing I'm curious about is – you know, I'm wondering how much pressure you think is on this job, because I thought that the standard they were setting with the way they fire, you know, they fire Lilquist and rightfully so. And then Menhart, they bring him in, you know, bring him up, I guess you could say. And, you know, with the season they had this year, a lot of it was unfortunate. And a lot of it was, you know, kind of stuff outside of their control, like with the way the pitching staff performed. I mean, the precedent's kind of been set, right, that there's a lot of pressure on this job. This is a job that's seen a lot of turmoil uh, you know, in a short period of time. And the heat is on, in my opinion, like this is, this is something that the nationals obviously have prioritized with their pitching. There's just a low level. And this is something we've talked about before. There's a low level of patience for failure or struggling in this organization, kind of at all levels. I mean, you see, you know, even going back to, you know, really before the dusty Baker era, but we'll start with that, that firing, you know, I mean, they're a playoff team. They lose the NLDS dusty Baker loses his job. Um, Derek Lowclist loses his job 50 games into the 162 game season. Paul Minhart loses his job as a pitching coach less than a calendar year after he was the pitching coach of a world series champion. So without a doubt, there's a lot of pressure and there's not a lot of patience. You may even say more so than pressure. So 
you know, maybe when you're bringing in a new guy that Martinez specifically handpicked to be there, maybe they're going to be more patient. Hopefully they can get healthier on the pitching staff so that Jim Hickey has more of a chance for success than in my opinion, uh, Paul Minhart did this year, but I think you're absolutely right. You know, there's, there's a lot of pressure with that job and not just specifically the pitching coach job, but all jobs kind of on staff with the nationals organization. Yeah. The heat is on. I mean, it's, they're kind of setting this precedent where it's, you know, with this group, especially they they're expecting more and it's kind of a, a good transition right to uh, to what we're talking about now center field. And this is our postseason position breakdown for center field. Uh, we've gone all the way up until center and left for the two that we have to handle. And the nationals outfield is just this weird combination. And, and you, you know, this, this position is one that um, there's, there's not been much fluctuation, right? It's been Victor Robles and, uh, for him, offensively and defensively, just to put it mildly, not the season he was looking for. And for a team that struggled offensively, they needed they need more from that position. They need more from him personally. They, they need his speed. And look, I thought the Nationals were pretty accommodating this year, right? I mean, Davey Martinez putting him in the one hole, you know, moving him also to nine two, you know, trying to get him in different spots to help get him going. And it just wasn't happening this season for Robles. Yeah, Robles is a guy who... It's, it's a little bit tough to say a guy that's been a starting center fielder on a world series team, calling him an right. underachiever over the, this portion of his career. But in my opinion, that's a fair assessment. I think that it's a little bit disappointing and I find it disappointing the way he's developed over the course of his career. Cause you think of when he came up, he was young, he was hurt and you're going to be patient with him. You know, you see the raw talent there and you expect his approach and his patience level to improve at the plate. And we just haven't seen that happen. And you expect to see more development between where Robles is now and where he was, you know, when he came up. And it's unfortunate that we're not seeing that. They've given him every opportunity to play center field on a daily basis. I mean, I Martinez threw him up in the leadoff hole. I mean, there's no chance I would let the guy touch the top of the order. He doesn't get on base, especially if you take out the the fact that he gets hit by pitches a lot. So yeah, he like he he dives kind of over the plate and, and sinkers especially will tend to, to run in on him and get him, which which puts him on base more. But if you take that out, you just look at the walks and the hits. I mean, it's it's a staggering low on base percentage. He's really struggled there. So without a doubt, it's a huge offseason and a huge 2021 season for him because even though he's still a young player, at some point, in some way you need to see some progress there. He needs to his patience level and his approach at the plate needs to be more professional. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by rockauto.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers. rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody. They're always reliably low. rockauto.com always offers the lowest possible price rather than charging prices based off what the market will bear like airlines do. rockauto.com is for everybody and does not require account login or membership. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know what we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Yeah, and also, I mean, I think maybe even his offense affected some of his defense, because, and, and this was a weird year. It felt like collectively the entire defense was down this year. Um, and it was just kind of a, a ripple effect across the board, but it affected his defense a little bit too. And, you know, th- they expect him to at bare minimum be an excellent center fielder defensively, especially if he's not going to hit well for him, you know, obviously he's going to be the guy next year, but 
Uh, I think it's another one of those cases of where, you know, there feels like there's a few positions where and I think the two guys we're really going to look at, right, are Keyboom and, and Robles. I know they don't have somebody in mind to, to replace Robles, but this group, pretty, I, I think when you think about the organization strategy, right, there is an emphasis on winning now with this collective group. They, don't, they aren't firing coaches because they're rebuilding. They're trying to retool. That, that is the goal here and go for it again. And I think like for Keyboom and for, uh, and for Robles, they're going to be the guys at their positions to start off the year, but they're not going to get the whole year. Like you can't, Robles can't give them 60 games of 220 hitting next season and expect to still keep that job in center field. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I agree. It's patience. I mean, I was talking about patience with the the coaching staff, and that's something that's been applicable for players in the organization as well. I mean, we've seen it, especially with Carter Keboom and his development. I think there's a lot of variations on opinion as to how they've handled him and people that that are frustrated and want to pull the plug quicker and other people that think he needs a lot more time and you need to stick with him when he's struggling. So it's, it's tough to say. I mean, it's, you kind of understand both sides of that coin, but at the end of the day, you see patience is kind of a, is runs thin with players and coaches. And it's, t- it's a tough organization to develop as a young player. If you right. come up and you struggle on a team that's constantly trying to compete, this isn't a, a franchise that's rebuilding for four years and is going to give you, give you multiple years to try right. and figure things out. I mean, you just, you don't have that kind of time playing for the Nats. And I think overall you've seen, developing players in the minor leagues it's been a it's been a problem for them lately it's it's a lot of the reason the team the team struggled this year so you certainly hope to see more out of Robles but yeah the he's gotta he's gotta come out he's gotta be better same thing goes for Carter Keboom I mean they're not you see their approach this offseason they're not happy about how 2020 went and they want to get that get that figured out and and corrected quickly yeah I I think you know, they won with this group, right? So you're so, so obviously they still have the core parts of the group. And I think if you're the organization looks at this and I'm not saying it's unfair, but you have those three guys, the, the three pitchers, obviously the issue is that they're all in their thirties and, and Corbin and, and Strasburg are a bit younger, but having them together is going to be, you know, you don't, don't have that for much longer. And then you add in the fact that you have Juan Soto, who is an MVP level player, one of the best hitters in baseball period and Trey Turner, who is, you know, I mean, you could throw him the conversation as the, you know, maybe one of the best leadoff, maybe the less best leadoff hitter in baseball right now. And so that's, that's the hard part for, for a young player is I'm trying to make my way into the majors and fit in. And that's challenging because the nationals, you know, I, I understand it. Like you've got three great starting pitchers and you've got two star players and you want to build fast around it. And if you spend a little money this off season, you know, you could get it at another really good piece to the lineup and, I would understand them saying like, you know, maybe Victor Robles is going to be a good center fielder. Maybe Carter Keboom can be an everyday third baseman. But if your goal is to win, like they don't have time for that. They just don't with what they're doing right now. You can be more patient with players like that in a lineup where you throw another really good to great hitter in it. Like, so when Anthony Rendon's there in 2019 and you have him and Juan Soto and Trey Turner and Howie Kendrick, you're able to be, to be more patient and just, look at Victor Robles as a guy who's playing a great center field for you like he did in 2019 and not have to worry about the bat as much. But then when you don't have Anthony Rendon anymore and Carter Keboom is struggling at the plate, filling in at that spot and Starlin Castro goes down and Adam Eaton's not the same player and Victor right. Robles hasn't improved when all of things start, to, those things start to add up you offensively, you've got to find the output from somewhere. And that's what, right. that's what they weren't able to find in 2019. So 
you know, you're going to see them probably go out in the free agent market and try and replace that somewhere. But yeah, it's, you kind of, somewhere it's, somewhere it's got to improve, whether it be in center field or at another position. And, and one thing before we get out of here, I want to ask you quick, quickly, cause we're doing left field coming up, but you know, is there a chance that to, to make things a bit easier, maybe in the free agency market, I don't know if, if they fall in love with one of the left fielders can be out there. Do you have any problem with them moving Soto to right at all? I, I was kind of just thinking, well, you know, if it's, if it's not broke, don't fix it. But, you know, it's, I think in the outfield, like he could, he could really honestly play either. Do you think that that's something they'd be open to, to maybe get another bat in the left field? If there's somebody who's a more natural left field fit, what do you think? Maybe, but when I look at the market, I feel like it's more of a, you're either going to throw someone in. It's either going to be a right fielder or a DH. I'm not sure if I right. see a natural left field fit because they don't want to get worse defensively. I mean, they're already bad enough. Yeah, like they, yeah that's a good point. Yeah. They need to get better offensively, but they need yeah. to get better defensively too. So, I mean, both of those things, you know, they're, they're going to be factoring in. So whether it be a, a George Springer that they, they sign and put in right field or whether it be a, a Marcelo Zuna, I know Braves fans would love to see him stay there in Atlanta, but he's another free agent. So if they go after somebody like that, maybe it's a more of a DH candidate. So I'm not sure I see Juan moving to right field yet, but I think right. that he's certainly capable of being a right fielder at some point in his career, if it's yeah. not next year. Yeah. I mean, the sample size, we, we, we've seen enough of it, right? Like he was good in right field. Um, I guess defensively. Yeah, he was I think fine. he's actually a solid defender. And I think he's somebody yeah. that you see kind of year to year to year that he works super hard at trying to improve right. his defense. So you can see that, that progress. He was such a young player and he had so few reps when he came up that I think you can't maybe hold his, his defense as a 19 year old against him. So I think you still feel good about, where he's at and what he can be not, I mean, obviously as a hitter, but how he's kind of developing for you defensively as well. You know, I think to finally, you know, cap this off, if they do bring in George Springer, if you're Victor Robles, you look to your left, you look to your right and you see Soto and, 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 uh, and Springer, you have to be like, all right, I, I got to start getting it going. Right. Like the, these two guys are next to me. I don't want to be out here. Just, you know, I'll, I might always be the weak link, but I don't want people to look at me and be like, yeah, that guy's, that guy's the disaster of, you know, of the group. You know, I think that could be good for him. Yeah, you want to – I guess there may be a fine line between between motivating a guy and making a guy press. Yes. And, you know, you think – the organization certainly knows Victor far better than than anyone, so they kind of yeah. know his personality and the best way to, to motivate him and kind of try and get him going, hopefully. So, yeah, there's certainly some truth to that. You also don't want to put more pressure on him, but you got to find the offense somewhere – and Victor, you don't need him to be an elite offensive player. You need to get him back to being the kind of athlete that he is. I mean, he may have he may have came in heavier this year and wasn't he wasn't as quick. I like he wasn't as fast. There's no doubt right. about it. He wasn't the same athlete that he was in 2019. And he's gotta, you know, he's gotta know his body and get back to that, probably more importantly than being a hitter, because you can find that offense at, at right field or first base, but you need Victor Robles to, to be the center fielder that he was when you made a deep run in October. All right, Connor, appreciate your time.